0: ¡Gracias! Stop. Are you ready for the end of the world? This is Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. The circle of family, the circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy, and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. My name is Tree Song, and I believe we may have with us by phone a guest. Uh, can you hear us, or? I can. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Can you hear me now? All right. Live from setting
1: up the Illinois Renewable Energy Fair up here in Oregon, Illinois.
0: Yes. So you've gone all the way out to Oregon, eh? <laughs> I never get tired of those uh, those city name puns. Yeah. So, hmm. All right. So did we want to talk about that first, or did we get into some of the news?
1: Well, I was trying to actually send out a tweet about the fact that the White House has finally announce that they're actually installing the solar. They say they they would do, and it turns out that's our number one news article.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> our top story tonight, uh, let's see. Yes, it is. The White House goes solar again.
1: <laughs> it's like nearly three years after the Obama administration promised to install solar on the White House roof. The, p- the plan is finally moving forward. A White House official confirmed that installation of American-made solar panels have begun. Um, Bill McKibben, whose Climate Action Group 350.org actually led the original push, called the news better late than never. This is, do you remember when we were talking about? Was about three, three and a half years mm-hmm. ago when 350.org um, took one of the original solar panels that was, um, you know, was taking off the White House. When Reagan became president, and they went all over the country getting people to sign, and then they showed up at the White House saying, "Here, would you put solar on the White House?" Mm. And Obama said, "Of of course," you know. But that was three years ago, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know we've been following the story on a while here because before they even did that, I'm sure we mentioned at some point how the White House used to have solar panels. And yeah, way back in 1979.
1: President Jimmy Carter actually installed solar panels, and then in 86, you know, Reagan took it off. So,
0: Yeah, because Reagan was afraid of solar energy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <But> the <laughs> Washington Post actually reports, in 1979, Carter had predicted the solar, water, heater, and panels on the White House grounds would, quote, either be a curiosity, a museum piece, an example of a road not taken, or can just be a small part of the greatest and most exciting adventures ever undertaken by the American people. And so for a while, it was actually the lack of these panels that symbolized the road not taken. So activists hope that their reappearance now will point the way back. I mean, America, we pretty much invented the solar industry Mm -hmm. until the late 90s, and then... We've lost it since then. I mean, yeah, because I guess right.
0: we, I guess we didn't want all of the uh, the jobs <laughs> and income from selling solar.
1: <laughs> yeah, we didn't want to be the leaders in the world.
0: Yeah, um, I do like this quote by Bill McKibben. Uh, he was asked since you know he did that tour and he tried to get them to put it back on the White House. Now that they're actually doing it, he says, "Quote better late than never." <laughs> yeah, I tend to agree with him.
1: I mean, the, the failure for all these years was seen as symbolic of Obama's larger lack of fall-through on sustainability goals. And at this point, um, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of a better late than never policy. So
0: Yeah, I wonder if he'll do that with the rest of the energy policy and just suddenly start shifting more towards renewables and decreasing fossil fuels and eh, better late than never. <laughs> There's still time. I'm not necessarily holding my breath, but there's still time. <laughs>
1: well, you might end up having to hold your breath because you know that, what is it, the, the economy is more important than nature, so yeah. try holding your breath while you count your money.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough proposition. Alright, speaking of tough propositions, let's get into this next story. and This also relates to fossil fuels. So there's a new pipeline being discussed, but it may not be what you think. Fracking companies want to build new pipeline for water. Antero Resources, a major Marcellus shale driller, needs so much water for its fracking operations that it hauls truckloads from the Ohio River to its wells in West Virginia and Ohio. To cut down on transportation costs, the new company or the company now wants to build an 80-mile water pipeline. The Wall Street Journal describes this project as, quote, a costly wager that the hydraulic fracturing industry's thirst for reliable resources of water will grow. And it reports that environmentalists are worried about the swelling stresses that the industry is placing on the Ohio River, which is in the Mississippi River's largest tributary. And here's, here's more from that article. Tapping the Ohio would give the pipeline access to the region's most dependable source of water. Many of the rivers and streams that Antero now uses run low in the summer, prompting state officials to stop gas industry withdrawals. A drought in Ohio last year curtailed water to fracking operations. And in a permit filed with the Army Corps of Engineers, which regulates water withdrawals from the Ohio, Antero said it plans to build an intake pipe capable of sucking up 3,360 gallons of river water a minute. That's not a day, that's an hour, that's 3,300. 60 gallons of river water a minute.
1: I mean, that's, come on, that's only 4.8 million gallons a day. It's not like it's very much.
0: Yeah, what's 4.8 million gallons among friends?
1: But. Well,
0: that's one of the many concerns of the fracking industry is where are they going to get the water? And apparently, by sucking the Ohio River dry. It, it's a tough job, but they're going to do their best.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, that is an uh, issue with. Um, also, with any type of power plant, the majority of power plants, be coal or nuclear, have to have a water source to keep it cool. You know, and so, um, yeah, th- fresh water is a extremely desirable resource, and we do not want to waste it.
0: Yeah, I just imagine what people in some uh, other countries may think when they have hard <coughs> excuse me, hard time getting access to water at all. And we're just pumping it into the ground and filling it full of chemicals and just acting like it's no big deal to do that to millions and millions of gallons of fresh drinking water.
1: Here's an opportunity, a business opportunity. defense contractor says climate change could create business opportunities. Oh, boy. Of all the business opportunities presented by Global Warming, Raytheon Company may have found one of the most alarming. The Massachusetts-based defense contractor, which makes everything from communication systems to Tomahawk missiles, thinks that future, quote, security concerns, quote caused by climate change would mean expanded sales of its military products. Raytheon, it should be noted, isn't exactly gunning for catastrophic global warming. Quite the opposite, in fact. In February, the company received a... Climate Leadership Award from the EPA for publicly reporting and aggressively reducing its greenhouse gas emissions. It's working on renewable energy technology and it has publicly warned of significant climate change related risks to its business from things like hurricanes, floods, droughts, and forest fires. So it's kind of particularly striking that these very same climate change induced disasters could also have a financial upside for. Raytheon. I think, it's, I think it's like any company, any company who is uh, solid and light on their feet are going to watch for problems, watch for things that have a chance to make money. I remember years ago reading an article about a guy, I want to say it was in Southern Greece, planted a, a plant, a tree, that they said couldn't actually produce fruit in that climate. But he was looking forward to climate change, and he said in 20 years when the tree needs to start producing, it'll be warm enough where we're located. So he was really hedging his bets. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Um, that's,
0: I suppose, a form of optimism.
1: (laughs) So a quote from their uh, report said, Expanded business opportunities are likely to rise as consumer behavior and needs change in response to climate change, end quote. Now, what kind of business opportunities do they have, they said? Well, Raytheon cites its renewable energy technology, weather prediction products, and emergency response equipment for national disaster. But the company also expects to see, quote, demand for its military products and services as Security concerns may arise as results of drought, floods, and storm activities that occur as a result of climate change. Hmm. Yeah. So.
0: so, you know, some of that sounds like it might be good at weather prediction, renewable energy, but they're anticipating a, a rise in military products and services. <laughs> that doesn't well, comforting.
1: Well, one of the slides I like using in my climate change presentation is a slide by the world's largest insurance company that's basically showing the money that's been laid out for climate-related disasters by their company. Yeah. You know, and so it's... It's its all about the numbers. It's all about money. And, you know, there are companies who are going to spring up. I mean, as as more power outages happen, of course, I will sell more backup power systems instead of just straight solar systems. Yeah. That's how it works. So, be prepared. Be prepared. (laughs) (laughs) Did I say that with much?
0: Enough direness. (laughs) Yeah, be prepared. (laughs) All right. Let's see some other news here. Cutting soot and methane emissions will not help the climate as much as hoped. We're not making great progress cutting carbon dioxide emissions on a global scale, so the U.S. has been working with other nations on the less controversial strategy of reducing methane and soot. These pollutants have more severe, immediate impacts on the climate than does CO2, and they break down much more quickly in the atmosphere. But research published this week in Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences suggests that this strategy would be less effective than previously believed. Scientists modeled the climate effects of a dreamy scenario, Methane emissions are reduced to the greatest extent thought possible. Use of wooden coal burning stoves and heating is phased out worldwide by 2035. And strict controls are placed on vehicle exhaust. They found out that this would reduce the average global temperature just 0.04 to 0.35 degrees Celsius by 2050. That's much less than the 0.5 degree reduction suggested in previous research. So, I mean, while, well, you know, uh, on the one hand, this is a pretty serious report because it means that the strategy we thought would work may not actually work very much. Uh, it is more evidence that CO2 reduction is very important. Like, it's it's good to reduce methane and very important to, but we can't just say, oh, well, we're done. We've reduced the methane. Everything's fine now. <laughs> All
1: right. I wonder how gangster... L.A.'s Ron Finley wants to make gardening gangsta. In 2010, Ron Finley planted a garden on the 150-foot-long curbside strip outside his house in South Central Los Angeles. The produce, tomatoes, kale, corn, you name it, was free for the taking. And the colorful riot of flowers and herbs and vegetables got a lot of attention. Now, the only unwelcome scrutiny was from the city of Los Angeles, which actually owns the land. Finley received a citation for growing plants that exceeded height limits and for failing to purchase a $400 permit. By circulating a petition and bending the ear of a receptive city council member, Finley convinced the city to leave his garden alone. Around the same time, he started an organization called L.A. Green Ground, dedicated to installing free vegetable gardens in curbside mediums Bacon lots and other properties in blighted areas. And I actually just received a a news article this week that said the city of Los Angeles has actually made it legal to now do this. I didn't read the article in depth, but I remember saying, wow, Los Angeles, which Mm -hmm. is considered like the ultimate sprawl city, is now allowing gardens in any public... I don't know about any, but they're not making it... Illegal if the gardens aren't, like, completely wild, I guess, probably.
0: Yeah, I wonder if his gardens had something to do with that, because he did have to study struggle with the city.
1: Well, I mean, literally, this is just really recently, that in February of this year, the self-described gangster Gardener, an outgoing street talker with a pen for Catchy One Liner, gave a TED Talk. Mm-hmm. Now, this TED Talk, if you have a chance to see this, it's already attracted more than one point three million views. Yeah. And here's a quote he said. The drive thrus are killing more than the dry buys. Talking about the urban telling the urban dwellers to get outside and plant some can I say that word?
0: Uh no. <laughs> plant, <laughs> plant some <laughs> fertilizer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just like um He's actually a fashion designer and a collector of black entertainment memorabilia. But anyway,
0: I've heard it feels good to be a gangster gardener.
1: Yep. So it it still is a a tricky proposition. But I remember, as of this week, reading an article that said that they're you know working on legalizing it. So I didn't, of course, read the whole thing. But
0: yeah. Well, it's, I wish we could beam photos over the radio waves to you because I've seen pictures of his garden. It's amazing what you can do with a, uh, you know, little plot of land there—150 foot long curbside strip.
1: Yeah, I mean it's just a little teeny strip. What what are they about? Two foot wide and
0: yeah, they're pretty narrow. I mean it's amazing though. And Ron Finley is the name if you want to look him up again. Or you could subscribe to our newsletter info at yourcommunityspirit.org.
1: And if you get our newsletter, it has a link to the TED Talk. So Yeah. Today, it's, it's the middle of August. Did you
0: know? It it doesn't feel like the middle of August. I mean, not Southern Illinois <laughs> August. <laughs> not that I'm complaining, mind you. This is about the best weather I've ever had.
1: Well, I mean, I, I still haven't seen a study that says... Cause this was the first winter that the you know the north polar ice caps completely melted right the icebergs. Mm-hmm. So there was like you could literally you know go through in the winter through the northwest passage. In the past in the summer it melted and you could go through. So I want I, I want to know if there's a study out there that's showing because all those ice caps melted why we're having this you know sudden cool weather year
0: yeah well they're having really hot weather still out west it's um uh, there's this divide between one side of the country being too hot and one side being a little i won't say too cool but cooler than usual
1: yeah well it's been in the you know 50s and 60s you know and this is august
0: yeah yeah I was actually a little cold last night and I don't think I've ever I can't remember ever in August being cold <laughs> unless I was inside a building that was too cold. All right.
1: All right, let's say you talk about some weird stuff. Today is the anniversary of Elvis Presley's death. Oh, a <laughs> moment in history.
0: I just visited Memphis and I didn't be, I didn't go to Graceland. I instead went to the Civil Rights Museum because Martin Luther King Jr is more of a rock star to me than Elvis. <laughs> I know that's blasphemy to some people, but Martin Luther King. And it's also c- coming up today, the birthday of Madonna, whose full name is Madonna Luis Veronica Ciccione Ricci.
1: Um, Sunday is the anniversary of both mail-order catalogs and birth control pills.
0: <laughs> wow. I wonder if they had the mail-order catalog. The first one had birth control pills, in it. probably not. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, for a lot of young gentlemen, the mail-order catalog, yeah. <laughs> All
0: right, also coming up, National Aviation Day, uh, National Men's Grooming Day, and UN World Humanitarian Day. So if you've been inhumane to your neighbors for the past 364 days, on Monday it's time to be a humanitarian.
1: Tuesday is International Homeless Animals Day and Candlelight Vigils. mm mm-hmm.
0: Oh, and I've got to mention this one I missed on Monday. It's the birthday of Gene Roddenberry, the creator of Star Trek.
1: Well, if you're going to do that, I have to say the birthday of Orville Wright. I mean, come on.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, that's interesting that they're both born on the same day because Orville Wright was, you know, an aviation pioneer, and Gene Roddenberry had dreams of going even further out into space.
1: Well, it's also the birthday of our 42nd president, if we just want to throw that one out
0: there. I don't know. Bill, Bill Clinton. Uh, I've heard of that guy. <laughs> I wonder what he's up to these days.
1: Come on, don't diss the president.
0: <laughs> Which one?
1: <laughs> Just like, I, that's what I like about this country is we can make fun of everybody.
0: I love this country. Yes, we can make all these jokes about the presidents and not go to jail yet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Um, Wednesday is Poets Day.
0: Yes. Apparently, there's only one day. Yeah, for me, every day is Poet's Day. But I guess Wednesday, other people notice that poets exist. Wait, what? Poets? Those still are around? What, when did that happen? I thought that was like 1800 stuff. Let's see. Yeah. Thur- huh? Oh, go ahead. God.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thursday is Be an Angel Day.
0: Ah. Yeah. So every other day is Be a Devil Day. <laughs> <laughs> but on Thursday, you've got to be an angel. Yep. Um,
1: I have yet to make it. I'm always seems to be out of town. But the Carbonell Friday night fairs, I really liked them in the beginning of the year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They were phenomenal. It's just like music and food and farmers market and local organizations, the flea market, crafts and art. Yeah. And Food and music. Did I mention there was music? Hmm. This week's music will be provided by the Well Well Wells.
0: Well, well well. Yeah. Music by the Well Well Wells.
1: And there's always a bunch of kids out there because the Carbondale Park District always sets up a bunch of kids activities. Yeah. It's just an actual community. do we have very many, you know. Community events, things for everybody in the community. This seems to cover almost everything.
0: Yeah, we've got a few. It's always good to have more. Good to see the community getting out there together. All right, some other happenings we've got coming up tonight. The Open Mic Night. That's coming up on Friday tonight at 7 p.m. at Guy House Interfaith Center, 913 South Illinois in Carbondale. They welcome everybody, poets, musicians, storytellers, dancers, and more.
1: of course we've got Chief Farmer's Markets, there's the one, both of them on Saturday. The one on the Westtown Mall is from 8 until 12, and the one at the Carbondale Community High School is 9 until 1. Last week was um, Farmer's Market Week, and there were so many activities at the market. But it's a chance to gather around with friends and family, meet with the faces, who actually grow the stuff and get all the taste that Southern Illinois has to offer.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's exciting going to farmer's markets. I just was visiting Memphis. I was visiting my brother and sister-in-law there and we had a great time going to the farmer's market in Memphis. So there's farmer's markets all across the U.S. now. It's a good thing to have food and a good thing to have farmers. (laughs)
1: Well, it's really nice to actually talk to the farmer. I mean... Yeah. It's like you need a banker once a month you need a lawyer hopefully never <laughs> um but hey, you I, need a farmer three times a day i mean
0: yeah i meet a lawyer once a week here because you know paul's got the show before us
1: we <laughs> don't need
0: him he, he's a very friendly if
1: uh, that show wasn't here no I just kidding
0: yeah no we need farmers more than just about anything else because everybody eats you know even if you're not in school at the moment even if you don't need a doctor at the moment you know, everybody, every day, if they have food, <laughs> they eat.
1: And it's really nice to actually talk to the person who grows your food.
0: Yeah. Oh. All right, so here's what's happening going on. The Illinois Renewable Energy and Sustainable Lifestyle Fair. What's that all about? Um, it's about two days. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, it's a lot of workshops. And you know vendors and uh, food. It's a fair. It's a fair for renewable energy. Um, but the main the main thing is all the workshops. Most people come to take part in the you know four or five workshops that run till currently, and get a chance. I mean, I think most of the workshops are listed at illinoirenew.org org. But anyway, it's. Saturday and Sunday in Oregon, Illinois. And it's every year. This is the twelfth annual.
0: Yeah. If you still got time to get there, you get to hang out with Orr. Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: you might you could even come to my my living off grid workshop.
0: Yeah. Alright, so there's a couple left here. We've got uh the week of welcome over at S.I.U. If you're here in Carbondale, you may have noticed more people around and you looking around dazed, what's that all about? Uh Classes are starting over at SIU next week, so there's a week of welcome, there's all sorts of stuff on SIU campus, and Gaia House Interfaith Center is going to have a lot of things to go along with that. Coming up next week, they're going to have a free lemonade stand. It's next week, uh, mostly during the mornings, going to try to have it in the afternoons too if people keep coming, and it's uh, during the week next week at 913 South Illinois. There's going to be lemonade, there'll be people bringing games and music and whatever other fun things they want to do outside, right there on the corner of Illinois and Grand. And if the the weather is anything like this, it'll just be a fun time to just sit and hang out outside.
1: Yeah. Another new event at Guy House Interface Center is Game Nights Wednesdays at 7 p.m. In this high-tech world, sometimes it's good to slow down a bit. Playing games does just exactly that chance
0: to play with people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the people who come get to help decide what games they're going to play. Basically, people bring a bunch of different types of games and then whatever people decide they want to play, they play. So that's pretty exciting. 7 p.m. at Sky House, 913 South Illinois. And I think we've got time for one more. This one is... Uh, Beyond 778 Bullets, a continuing conversation on race. This is coming up next Thursday, August 22nd at 7 p.m. at Church of the Good Shepherd, United Church of Christ, 515 South Orchard Drive in Carbondale. Now, I went to the film showing of this. It's a locally produced documentary called 778 Bullets about the raid on the Black Panther's house back uh, decades ago. And they had a really good... Showing, good turnout there a little few weeks ago, and so they want to have a continuing conversation about race in Carbondale and in the world. And that's coming up next Thursday. I'm looking forward to seeing what comes of it. If you want more information on that, you can call 618-457-2232.
1: Well, it's been another exciting...
0: <laughs> exciting and informative, hopefully. Ah. <laughs> I when I do this show, I usually get excited and informed. I don't know if the listener does, but I have a good time doing it.
1: <laughs> Will do. Um, we are online. We do podcast this, but more importantly, if you would like to receive our newsletter, info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Send us kudos. Send us money. Um, I guess you could send us complaints, too. Those, <laughs> yeah. Those are less valuable, but...
0: We may or may not read them. (laughs) If you send us a good complaint that we think is fair, we may read it on the air.
1: (laughs) All right. See you again on the radio next week.
0: Yes. In the meantime, enjoy the wonderful weather.